Osiris. Hey, this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcast connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. Osiris works in partnership with Relics. Check them out for all kinds of new music, news, and information. Everyone to episode seven of Female Centrics, the first female fish community podcast. I'm your host Donnie B, and my co-host for this episode is the lovely Jillian. Hello, Jillian. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Oh yes, no, it's been a few episodes now. Hmm. Yeah, really busy. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Life Doing is hard. All this non-fish stuff. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm an adult now. Look at me. <laughs> uh, so I just want to start by saying is that Female Centrics is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. We have over 25 podcasts to choose from in our network involving everything from fish, Grateful Dead, Ween, to craft beer and history. The Helping Friendly Podcast just had their five-year anniversary, and I am very lucky to be interviewed on that podcast by RJB, so uh, please check that out. We had a great conversation. It was really fun to chat with him about my fish history. Um, today, we have a very intriguing interview with two women from the fish community that are into fish academia, which is something I'd never had heard of before, and I'm really interested in speaking with both of them today. Um, I'm really, both Jilly and I are still learning all about this, um, so we're really going to let them explain what they're up to. Um, I first connected with Denise Goldman, who was part of a jam band conference recently, and will be involved in um, a project coming up with Dr. Stephanie Jenkins, who we also have. Denise uh, wrote a presentation on the women fan base in the fish community. And our other guest, as I mentioned, is Dr. Stephanie Jenkins, who teaches at the University of Oregon. Uh, one of the courses she teaches is called The Philosophy of the School of Fish. Yes, that is right. This is a college course on fish. This course not only has a mandatory attendance of three shows, it's live or webcast, but it includes a field trip to the gorge for the summer, uh, which, again, I'm just going to let them what get into world. it. I know. What a world. Why didn't they? Where was she when I was in college in Salem State back in the day? <laughs> Probably out there on the lot with us, like yeah. burritos. Yeah, try <laughs> Good point, Jillian. 
<laughs> um, and after our interview today, please stay tuned uh, and see how uh, us ladies fare at market price. And we we'll to see if you are also able to keep up with us. And I've been and, practicing. Oh, goodness. I keep practicing and I keep not doing very well, but that's okay. So with that, uh, we are going to welcome Denise Goldman. Hi, Denise. Hi. What up, Denise? Yay. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie Jenkins. Hello. Dr. Hi. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. Yes, Dr. Jenkins. I know. Great. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you both so uh, for, so much for being with us today. Uh, what you are both are up to and, and involved in is just fascinating. Jill and I were sitting there trying to like put this all together today. We actually ended up having to connect with them and say, why don't you guys put together what you're... What up- the smart people do. Yeah, right? The smart people <laughs> thing. <'cause- laughs> we just agree. We, didn't, we had, had such a hard time of like, where do you start with all of this? Because it's, it's... So many questions. Yeah, so many questions. So many questions. So um, anyway, so, uh, but we will start with uh, what we always start with. And uh, I'll ask Denise first. Denise, what's your fish story? How'd you get into it? Okay, so... I was looking back actually to remember exactly when my first fish show was. And it turns out it was October 30th, 1992. And that was in Boston, the Boston Garden, which was the Boston Garden then. And it actually, I was a freshman in college and it actually wasn't even a standalone fish show, but it was this special little themed, I guess it was a Halloween themed concert that they were having through a radio station there. I think I actually went to go see the Spin Doctors and Fish was also playing and it was the first time I actually heard them. And they were amazing. I remember it was bouncing around the room that definitely got me going with them. Uh, And I started listening to them, but I wasn't until the summer of 94, June 10th, 94, that I was in Boulder, Colorado. I was spending the summer there doing an internship for a record label out there. And I met these three girls who had come from University of Albany and their sole purpose was just to follow fish and to see fish at Red Rocks over the summer. So they took me to my first actual show at Red Rocks. And then after that, I, wow. when I came back East, my girlfriends were all listening or a few of them were listening enough that we ended up going to Great Woods. And that was the beginning of, and I never Hometown stopped after that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. So did you see the game hedge, that, that first game hedge? The, so, with, that, with, with, that was July 8th and July 9th, because my first show was July 9th of 94. So I missed the game hedge, but it was the second night that was my first show. I, th- I think I was there for the second night also. That's so funny. Yeah. I don't think I, I didn't see the first night. But yeah, we ended up, because I was in school in Boston, and I lived out there, and we went out to Greatwood, which was such a beautiful, amazing venue that I ended up going to many summers and that and that was it. That was when that was when it started. What school did you go to in Boston? I went to Boston University. Oh, nice, nice. Kind of about that same time. I was over at the State College of Salem on the other side, so I was yeah. in Boston around the same time. I was supposed. It to was a good time to be in Boston. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what it is. The same thing with with um, you know Kelly and whatnot. Just like you know, on this on the lot at the same time. As far as you know. That whole thing. Um, but, um, and so, and then you've just been on ever since. Did you jump on? Were you doing uh, tours back then? Did you do full tours or you just kind of grab shows as you could? Or I grabbed shows as I could. I don't 
I never really went on tour for long periods of time, but I never stopped seeing them. And I think that you and I had this discussion that all the hiatuses they took worked really well with having children. Mm -hmm. So when I had babies, (laughs) they were off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I I also felt like they followed me around because they were, when I lived in Boston, they did every New Year's in Boston. Then I was in New York and they were doing their New Year's in New New York. And then uh, I was in Miami for a short period and they were doing, sort of doing some uh, New Year's down there. So I always felt like- come back to Boston so I don't have to schlep to MSG this year. Right? (laughs) Next year. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I like those moves. (laughs) It's pretty lucky. Definitely. Stephanie, what's your uh, fish story? Geez. So maybe a few months after Jerry died, a friend of mine loaned me a copy of a live one and it really just stuck. Uh, At the time I was playing drums in a jazz band and my favorite sort of music growing up was classic rock like Led Zeppelin and Hendrix. And so I was really just blown away by Fish because it combined all of my favorite musical influences, the sheer power and creativity of jamming plus um uh, a top-notch percussionist like fishman and uh what instrument it, do you play it spoke stephanie? to me in a way that nothing else ever has or, or or did up to that point stephanie what instruments do you play or do you play an instrument uh, uh, i play the drums mm. um so when i was younger i was playing i actually played the piano first uh starting when i was in kindergarten and then when I got to high school, I wanted to rock. And so I decided I needed to play an instrument that made some more noise. <laughs> and I took a bit of a hiatus during my uh, graduate education, but I am back to playing now. So you're 2.0, Stephanie, now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2.0 drumming Stephanie. So I'm sure you uh, joined many, many a drum circle back in the day then. You know, I actually haven't. Um, not at shows, anyway. Really? They were, that's all that was that, going on. I remember we, we dragged, like, three, like, djembes and whatnot around with us on tour all Donnie, the time. some people just aren't as whooked out as you were. <laughs> you know, that should probably be on my bucket list at some point. Maybe yes. we can check that off sometime this I'll summer. I'll Donnie ring her djembe for you next show. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to restart the, uh, the the drum circles. Those, those went out of... Went I'll out bring of, my uh, ghetto blaster and start listening to Wu-Tang in front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay sorry so go ahead so then so and once you were on you were just on and you you stayed on too did you ever end up doing any tours i've only done one full tour i did the full summer 2014 tour um and that was the first year that i taught my fish class oh awesome oh wait i get this now stephanie you're trying to figure out a way to keep your job and go on fish tour. I like it. I like it. I think you figured it's it out. It's a life lesson in combining your profession with your agreed. passion. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> exactly. And you're doing it for the children. Sort of. Exactly. <laughs> See, I should have just kept selling burritos in the back of my car. Would that have worked, maybe? No. I'm kind of still doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, ladies, uh, why don't we get into this? So, what is Fish Academia? What do you, what do y'all do? So that's a great question. Um, and keep in mind, please talk to us like we're dumb because we're dumb. (laughs) We're not not dumb. We're just not. What is it? Layman's terms? Is that the PC? Absolutely not. Exactly. It's our job as as public scholars to translate technical jargon so that people outside of the field can understand what we're talking about. Yes, Yes. Yes. So, so fish academia, right? We're a group of scholars with, interest and expertise in the upcoming field called fish studies. 
And what that means is that we turn our reflective capacities and interdisciplinary skills and tools to analyze the phenomenon that is fish, whether it's the music, the scene, the fans, the community, or or something else. The complaining. And so there's a couple important things about that. The first is that we engage with and contribute to fish scholarship in traditional academic contexts. And so for professors and grad students, that means things like teaching, publication, and presenting at conferences. But also because we're fish fans, um, something I think we all share in common is a commitment to giving back to the community that makes what we do possible. So we try to share our work in contexts that fish fans can participate in it and experience it as well. How, how did this come up? Like, who started this? Who thought about this? Where did this begin? I, I don't think that there was any one person that thought about it. I think that there have, before me, because I just am new to this group of scholars that have been exploring this and writing dissertations on fish. And Denise. it's an unbelievable group that is doing this. So I think that it was just fans that were in academia that met up and or knew each other and started to know each other and formed this group that we are a little group right now that's pretty small, but pretty dedicated to doing something with fish studies to make it more well known out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think all of us as individual scholars have our own projects that we're working on, and it's a relatively recent phenomenon that we have been organized as a, a group. The, it's, that history sort of dates back to start the starting of an online listserv for fish studies. Maybe uh, oh, within the past couple of years that uh, Jake Cohen and Jordan McCain started, and that got us all in touch with one another, and it's led to uh, sort of group proposals. So we uh, have a, a, a proposal that we hope will be accepted for a fish studies presentation at the 2018 National Communication Association Convention. Uh, and then I believe there's also a um, edited collection that's in progress. I think Denise can talk more about that. And then this summer, we're going to have our first sort of mini conference, which will be the fish studies colloquium that at the Gorge Run. This is my husband, Jason, by the way. He does the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> what did, what did you say? Please tell us what? Her, Stephanie and I have not even did met Did you guys yet, meet in a parking lot at a jam band show? We haven't even met yet, Stephanie and I. Just no, we, like, awesome. we, we've been communicating online and talking on the phone, but we haven't uh, met in person yet. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that there's other colleges all over the country that are having courses related to fish? Or is that the goal? No, no. no so as far as I know, my class is the only like official four credit college course about fish that's running right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we speak of fish studies as a collective, it's uh, individual scholars who are doing uh, research about the band or who are incorporating aspects of it into their teaching. Got it. Hmm. What is uh, your academic background? Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie? Okay. Uh, I have a dual PhD in philosophy and women's studies, and I'm currently an assistant professor of history, philosophy, and religion at Oregon State University. And my home is philosophy, uh, but I do interdisciplinary work. Now, what is interdisciplinary work? What do you mean by that? Uh, It means that um, in my research and teaching that I rely upon and utilize 
uh, conceptual tools and methods from uh, disciplines that are outside of philosophy. Okay. And when you say discipline, what, like... I'm thinking like, so you're a bad girl. Like, what do you mean yeah, by discipline? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, less is more, everything all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, did you, what did you major in in college? Well, oh, okay, 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 gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so an academic discipline is uh, sort of a, um, a body of knowledge and a, and a set of methods, sure. um, like philosophy or English and history and so forth. Okay, okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I had feeling that it wasn't what I was thinking, so that's fine. <laughs> um, Denise, what, what is your background? So my background is definitely a little bit different than Stephanie's, and I have slowly made my way into this community, which is really, really interesting. But my background is actually as an English teacher, high school English teacher, but I went back to school to study English literature recently that was my and found my way into a rhetoric class which I'm not even going to get into, but I started looking at the community of fish. So I am also actually uh, an adjunct professor at Long Island University, which is in Long Island, New York. And I teach first year writing to students, but I use music in general, fish and music, as a way for students to analyze and anything, analyze the world. I'm using music as a way for them to understand the effect that music has on people. So I'm in, I'm trying to bring in fish into what I'm teaching as well as what I'm trying to study. Do you bring in other bands while you're doing that as well? Or are you focused primarily, uh, Denise, on fish when you're doing that? I'm actually not focused primarily on fish because I want my students to pick music that they relate to. I do talk to them about fish. And actually, Mike, this year, we talked about the Baker's Dozen and just the cultural meaning of what that was, that it was something that had never been done before. And this, the 13 nights at MSG with the, you know, the same, whatever we understand how amazing it was, I wanted them to understand that it was an epic event that really should be looked at for what it is outside of just a bunch of people that like the band fish and went to seeing them for 13 nights, but what actually it meant for a band to do something like that, that has never been done before. Yeah. Uh, that it was really powerful for sure. Do you have a lot of students that don't know fish or know the name fish or do because I feel most like of them do not. Okay. Well, most of them that I have taught do, do not, I mean, but most I'm usually my playing age it. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually playing it as they come in and, and they like it. They were right. this year. They liked it. They enjoyed it. So I showed them some good things. So hopefully I turned some students. Yeah. What, um, what does your uh, discipline add to the study of fish? Should I go? I'll go first. This is Zinni's. <laughs> so, okay. mm -hmm. so what I'm studying is communication studies. And what that means, which it sounds very broad because it is, but it just really focuses on the idea of how people use messages to generate meaning. Um, within and across contexts and the consequences of communication. So it's really just the idea that the power of communicating is a way that we can understand uh, how people are affected by any sort of communication, which sounds pretty broad. But in terms of fish studies, um, I'm looking at the way that the fan base is 
communicating with each other as well as how the band communicates with the fan base within the shows. Mm. So the ways that fans are experiencing the communication that's existing somewhere, you know, somewhere within either the community that we talk to each other or when you're at a show and the way that the band is communicating with us, how that affects the fans. Sure, sure. Well, and it's always, you know, when when one of the guys end up really, you know, speaking to us or, and even, I wonder if you've got much into um, when Trey was on his solo tour and the stories that he told us and how how much that sparked an interest in, and a feeling of uh, connection with him. Is that something? Well, I think... I think that we are, as an academic group in general, I believe that I'm very excited about how they, people are really excited about the narratives that are coming from Trey and just the documentation of the narratives of Gamehenge. And that just shows that there's an importance in documenting what's happening within this community and within Fish. It's been, they've been around for so long. And when you start documenting and putting it down and compiling different narratives, then it shows that it's important and we want it to be around for a long time because of that importance. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, did you want to remark on that? Yeah. So it might be helpful for me to back up a little bit and tell you what philosophy is, because that's something that a lot of people might not uh, know. So uh, philosophy comes from the Greek word philosophia, which literally means love of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, But how I describe it to students in my introductory courses is I say that philosophy is the art of questioning. It's the ability to challenge received wisdom and values. Uh, But I also think about it more generally as a skill set for being human. Uh, Everyone at some point in their life asks themselves questions like, what does it mean to be a good life? Like, what is true and how do I know it? What's the nature of reality? Those are really fundamental aspects of being a human. And the discipline of philosophy focuses on the systematic uh, investigation of those sorts of questions. And so in the context of FISH, um, I think it's important to note that there's a really long-standing, intimate connection between fish and philosophy. Um, and the most obvious sort of first place to start with that is that Trey majored in philosophy when he was in college. And as his senior thesis project, he basically wrote a rock opera about philosophy, right? The man who stepped into yesterday. Uh, there's also a performative element for the band, whether like song lyrics are explicitly Uh, interrogating philosophical questions. Uh, Driver is an example of a song that uh, looks into the uh, philosophy of mind question about like what's the nature of the self or even in um, narrations. Remember, Iculus is a a great ancient philosopher. Mm -hmm. So it's explicitly there in in the context of the band. Um, And then the community more generally, I think that fans go to concerts to ask themselves these really fundamental questions. Uh, one of the things that I like to tell people is that in terms of the history of how my class started is that in a lot of social contexts, when you tell people that you're a professor of philosophy, it's a conversation stopper. Uh, Mm -hmm. But at fish shows, I had this really interesting experience where people would ask what I did and they would say, Oh my God, I need to talk to you. I have this idea that I'm working on. Mm. So I view sort of the, the, way that philosophy sort of helps to understand the fish phenomenon, or at least what my role is in as a public scholar within the fish community, is that a way of facilitating those important philosophical dialogues that are already happening, 
um, to help make explicit the undercurrents of philosophy that exist within the community and the history of the band. And then I hope that philosophy can provide some conceptual tools so that fans can enrich their experience of the band and cultivate a more thorough understanding of why the band is so important to them. All right. So Stephanie, what is your individual project? What are, what are you doing? Well, there's a couple of projects related to fish and philosophy that I'm currently working on, but the main project that I'd like to focus here is the uh, class, which I have nicknamed the philosophy school of fish. And what that is, it's a uh, philosophy 360 course, the philosophy and the arts class at Oregon State University, that is a survey of major theories in the philosophy of art and music. Um, so it covers the same content that any similar course would at any other university, uh, where we study uh, folks like Friedrich Nietzsche, Immanuel Kant, and Leo Tolstoy. But what makes my class different is that it uses fish as a case study uh, for exploring those concepts in the philosophy of art and music. And it has a required experiential component where students uh, attend three concerts and then analyze and apply course concepts for reflecting on their experience at those concerts. Um, so would this be for like for freshman philosophy majors? Is this a course that somebody could, anybody could take any major to fill a prerequisite? Like what is it towards their degree? So it's a 300 level philosophy course, which means it's a it's an upper level course, uh, but there are no prerequisites. So it's open to anybody. And at Oregon State, it meets a requirement in our baccalaureate core, uh, which is basically a general education requirement. So uh, a lot of the students who take this class is their first experience with philosophy and also with fish. Great. So did you, it was, is this like a, so you were saying this is kind of like the, the outline of a class, a normal philosophy class, but you decided to take it and add fish to it. Did, now, did you have any like backlash on that? Did you have to get it approved or were people like, oh, weirdo fish? Well, like she's in Oregon. So uh, that's a good point. Like that's <laughs> that a good point. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So the class, it started for me as a, uh, partially a joke in that I wanted to combine my interest in fish and philosophy, but I didn't think it would ever work. Uh, but then I mentioned it to one of my colleagues and she said, you should totally do that. And why don't you talk to the director of the school about making it happen? And so I scheduled a meeting with then director of the School of History and Philosophy of Religion at Oregon State, um, Ben Mushler. And he, he said, yeah, you should do that. And by the way, I played in a band with Mike Gordon when I was in high school. So, right, and then I had a meeting with our, yeah, and then I had a meeting with our dean and um, he said, uh, why don't you get a bus of students and take them on fish tour and see how that goes. And I was like, yeah, let's not do that. How about- Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> They'll never come back. <laughs> how about we do a pilot course where I, right, I teach this philosophy of art and music class and use fish as a case study and see how that goes. And um, that was in 2014. Um, the first year that I taught the class, I did the full summer tour and held meetups along the way where I met with philosophy students from my class or other universities, um, other fish academics, uh, just to talk about the project and any other questions people had about philosophy. And the thing that I was really blown away by that I wasn't expecting when I started teaching the course was just how overwhelmingly supportive the fish community was of what I was trying to do. Uh, as soon as the uh, class was announced, uh, Billboard did an article 
about the class. And so the word kind of got out there very quickly. And uh, Pete Mason from Fan Art contacted me. He gave me a PDF of his fan art book and said that I could distribute it to the class and also offered his assistance. And that collaboration led to, in 2015, the introduction of uh, a new assignment that I called the Artist Interview Project. And with that assignment, I pair students with an artist from the fish community. And then the student conducts a philosophical interview with that artist about their work and their thoughts about um, the nature of art, the role of emotions, and could other you, philosophical questions. Could you give us some uh, of the artists that the students interviewed? Yeah, absolutely. So this past uh, round, uh, I had students interview Kelly Morris from Be More Now Films. Yes, uh, one student. Yeah, one student interviewed Tom Marshall. Um, another one interviewed Natalie Cressman. Um, uh, the Cooperman brothers, who were the choreographers for the Petrichor uh, stunt at Madison Square Garden. Ah. Um, David Gallo from David Gallo Designs, who directed it. These and, are big and, names. And, and, How did you get connected to them? Uh, so it's just sort of evolved over the course of the project. Of uh, uh, I, 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 I ask, and some people say no, and some people don't respond, and then some people who I think won't write back to my emails say yes. Uh, the, the thing that I've learned is that uh, it's a no if you don't ask. Exactly. <laughs> so yes. uh, I've, I've really been overwhelmed just by the time and the talent uh, that that these artists have shared with my students. And it's one of the things that makes it very straightforward for me to explain to my non-fish fan colleagues why this class is so valuable to students, whether they're fish fans or not. Right. And that's that I can give them unprecedented, memorable learning experiences that there is no other area in my life in which I could give students that level of access to, to talent. Well, it also kind of really ties into follow your dreams and don't give up. Right. I mean, look what you guys are Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why you're going to college in the first place, ideally, mm -hmm. is to figure out your and, passion. And this is just so different and you know, you're not going to catch this anywhere. So even if you are a fan or if you're not a fan, it, to be able to be involved in something like this at the minimum, it is absolutely fascinating to put yourself into our culture and see what we've been doing. It always blows my mind. People are like, I've never even heard of fish. I'm like, they sell out Madison Square Garden every night, you know, like it's just so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, this, the students get a valuable experience. Even if they don't like the band, they will never forget what, what they learned in the class. And then the artists who participate in the interviews, uh, a lot of them report back that they really enjoy the process of being interviewed and that they have never been asked the sorts of questions that my students asked them. And uh, that's the best sort of feedback that I can get as a philosophy instructor, because as I've said, that I, I understand philosophy to be the art of asking questions, mm. right? And if my students can ask these artists different sort of questions than like, they get in like the kind usual of interview. Like what kind of questions? Um, a couple. So I think, so it would have to be specific to the individual artist. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you go to the course website, mm -hmm. um, it's philosophyschoolofish.com. Yep, I have it. You can go to oh, uh, go. the link for the, for the artist interview projects and every single one of the interviews is available online, um, including an interview transcript for those interviews. And so this is the thing that I really value about this particular assignment because it doesn't just help my students. It's also allowing me to create a public 
educational resource for the fish community in a, a, a way that allows me to feel like I'm giving back right, to the fish community. Uh, and I, I'm, I highly recommend that you, that you just spend some time looking at um, particularly the tra interview transcripts because the artists go into a lot of detail about their art, their views on art, um, their stories as to how they became a fish fan and so forth. I'm actually on the site right now, and it is super easy. Okay, like, great. I, yeah, I've got Tom's up, and you'll be able to find, you know, uh, Cressman's and whatnot. So, um, yeah, the philosophy school of fish com right there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Great, great. Um, hang on one second here. I am sorry. Um, so uh, new to this year, you are bringing yes. a bunch of college kids to the gorge. I am <laughs> three yes. nights of the gorge. Three nights of the gorge. Is that why they added a third night? <laughs> <laughs> I know what happened Thanks, to me fish. when I went on tour in college. <laughs> I dropped out of high school. <laughs> so, on. yeah. So let us uh, tell us all about that. How did you get that going on? And you have um, underneath here. You know, we're working on an outline of uh, fish studies uh, colloquium. So uh, I guess that will be tied into it as well. But yeah, tell us about. What's going to be going on with the gorge? Because then I know that this is also going to be tied in uh, with uh, Denise, which we'll get into what you're doing yeah. as well. But. So uh, as I said, I started the course in 2014. And um, in previous years, the course has been entirely online. And that's because I offer it through Oregon State's eCampus. Now, the reason why I do this is pretty straightforward. If I were to offer the Philosophy School of Fish course as an in-residence course, we would all be stuck in Corvallis, Oregon in the summer, and no one would be able to go to any live fish shows. Uh, it would also mean that only current Oregon State students could take the class. So by offering it through eCampus, it frees up uh, me physically to be able to attend shows. It makes it possible for students taking the class to attend shows, but it also makes it possible for fish fans who aren't current Oregon State students to enroll as non-degree students and take the class. And that was something that's always been really important to me is that fish fans have to be able to take the class. So while I'm on this, I should tell you that enrollment is still open. Class starts June 25th. And if you are at all interested in it, let me know. And uh, I can let, tell you how to get signed up. But this year, uh, because fish is playing in relatively close proximity to the university, and because the course has developed in a way that I feel like I have enough experience under my belt and the confidence to take up a project of bringing a van full of, fish, of, of philosophy students to their first fish show. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the administrative hurdles for getting this to happen were very complicated because with online classes, you cannot require students to be anywhere at any particular time. Because with eCampus, you could have a student in New York or Oregon, California. I've had a student take my class from Saudi Arabia. Mm. And so uh, in order for the field trip to happen, there has to be an on-campus component. So in addition to the online class, Philosophy 360, I've added a one-credit lab course. And so students that are enrolled in this will go on the field trip to the Gorge. We're going to put them all in a van together, send them up to the Gorge Amphitheater. They will camp together for three days where they will attend. Are they going to change for the gas money for the van? Like how? In 
<laughs> are you going to leave them at a rest area when they get mouthy? Do you teach them how to make burritos oh. when you're there? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh. So, so they're going to camp together, right, for three nights. Most of them will be attending what are their first fish shows. Wow. And uh, they're going to be immersed in, in the community, and they're going to do philosophy together and with fish fans. So to back up, you asked the question about, like, gas money. So um, <laughs> thanks to... Uh, so, so one of the burdens, right, on the students is that in order to take this class, they have to pay tuition. And so it's very important to me that with this field trip that we minimize the financial burden on any students that are enrolled in the class. So um, thanks to um, the generosity of Oregon State School of History, Philosophy, and Religion, I'm able to offer ticket scholarships to students on an, on an as-need basis. And then I have research funds that are going to be covering the cost of the field trip, right? Their transportation and then some basic meals while they're at the gorge. Wow. They don't even stick their fingers up in the air outside or anything, huh? They just get to go in. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's not like fish survivor. Where we right? drop that would off. be a good class, oh though. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's <laughs> genius. I already did that one. And a phone with no charger and see what happens. Right. So, like, I want them to and responsible yeah um and to take care of themselves because their brains need to work in order to do philosophy sure sure of course of course those are the rules though just take care of yourself that's it there's no like uh, i mean well, is there so, so like, rules because are, are formal rules mm -hmm. um so I, I, i'm i'm putting myself professionally out on quite the limb in making this happen mm -hmm. and it's very important to me that the students have fun that they have a good experience, but also that they're safe, that everyone comes back intact and you know have, and having a good fish experience. Mm -hmm. And so part of my professional responsibility, anytime that I take students on any field trip is to consult with our risk management office. And, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I've done that. I had a conversation with them, like what's the worst case scenario and how do we prevent that? And what are the students' responsibilities while they're on the trip? Mm -hmm. And um, the truth is that all of them are adults, right? That they are responsible for themselves. Um, they, they'll sign official waivers that uh, any student who goes on an Oregon State field trip has to sign. Mm -hmm. And they're also bound by the student code of conduct while they are on the trip. Uh, the other thing that we're doing is that I will have a, a course schedule for them. There will be specific times when we're meeting as a group, and that's class time. Right? So you can't ah. do anything there that you wouldn't do if you're in Corvallis, Oregon, in a physical classroom. And then the rest of the time, they are on their free time, and they're responsible for themselves. Sure, sure. So they'll be probably like, you know, the next day or, you know, afterward. You know, when, when do you think you'll be meeting with them to, you know, reflect and... Have this, and you were saying something about the fish studies colloquium. Does that have to do with this as well? Exactly. That... Yeah. So, uh, part of the advantage of bringing students physically to a fish concert isn't just that they get to attend the shows. It's that there's going to be a collective of scholars representing the field of fish studies at the shows, and so I want to take advantage of that opportunity, but also. Uh, get to meet with my colleagues and find about uh, about their research. So um, OSU is going to be hosting a fish studies colloquium on the second day of the gorge. Um, in the afternoon, we're going to get together and scholars from across the country who researched the band, and Denise is one of them, will be presenting about their research in um, sort of mini lectures uh, to my students and um, anyone from the community who 
uh, also wants to participate. Uh, so now, there's more know, information about this coming. Do you know when and where this is going to be so like we can plug this? You want fans to like, do you want people to show up in general kind of thing to see what you're doing? I mean, this is just mind blowing to me. It really is. So, so it's important to me that this is open to the community. Uh, we are limited in terms of space for logistical reasons. Mm-hmm. And so far as this is happening on a campsite at the Gorge. So uh, I, I'm going to ask that people who want to participate, uh, register in advance by contacting me uh, at my email. Uh, it's stephanie.jenkins at oregonstate.edu. We'll put and, that in the show notes as well. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be the Saturday, right? So the second day of the gorge at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And the location is to be announced because one of the logistical issues of um, holding an event like this at the Gorge is that we have no idea where our campsites will be until our vehicles arrive at the venue. Ah, of course. Right. So the location is to be announced. I'm going to um, uh, provide a method by which we will announce the location and then we will send people who want to participate the GPS coordinates so that they can find us. Cool. That is fun, definitely. Um, it's a little bit of a scavenger hunt, but I think it makes it fun. Yeah, I can't even find my friend's tent like the next one over. <laughs> usually by Saturday, so <laughs> yeah, it'd be good. And and then I love, I love, I love that. Just one of my new favorite people in the whole wide world is going to be filming this, Kelly Morris. She, you know, we interviewed her a few podcasts ago, and that woman just lit up my life. And honestly, I have not like come down from what she has gifted me uh personally so i you know when i was looking into this uh, it was actually just today or uh, last night i realized that that she was filming this if you want to just talk about how um she's going to be involved uh with this project absolutely so i met kelly because she uh participated in the artist interview project one of my students interviewed her about um be more now films and then uh in the process of the field trip unfolding for this summer, uh, I was invited to attend the Public Philosophy Journal's writing workshop that was held in Michigan this May. And the Public Philosophy Journal wants to promote a philosophy that is happening outside the traditional confines of the university. And so they funded my travel to the conference, uh, plus a writing partner. And when I found out about this opportunity, I sort of asked around Uh, my contacts in the fish world to see who might be interested in doing a public philosophy project about fish. And uh, Kelly was courageous enough to come to her first philosophy conference when we, um, with with this infancy project that's really in its infancy. And while we were there, we initially were going to work on designing an assignment for my students. My idea was that the students that attend the field trip would complete a reflective assignment through film rather than um, the traditional written essay. And Kelly was going to help coordinate that and then edit the final product. But then what happened over the course of the weekend when we were talking about the project is um, Kelly said that, well, the project's bigger than I thought it was. And uh, I'm going to direct a film about your class. So it's it's become significantly larger than we initially planned, mm-hmm. and it's still in the process of telling us what it's going to be. And so uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about with this particular film project is that 
I don't know what's going to happen. And it's entirely new. There's not a lot of precedent in the field of philosophy for what makes a good film. Uh, but we're going to find out in the process of doing it. That's that's awesome. That is awesome. Definitely. And you guys went on like a little road trip. Did not did one of you like save a turtle or something like that on the side of the road? Did I see that on oh, your yeah. Facebook page? <laughs> I think. So, so that was when we um, arrived in Michigan uh-huh. and we're driving to the Kellogg Biological Station, which uh-huh. is where the conference was held. And there was a turtle in the road. And so we stopped and then uh, Kelly rescued the turtle. So there are some photos of, of her um, doing that. That's yeah. That's funny. Small world here, you know, as right. far as all the right. predictions. Film, filmmaker and turtle superhero. <laughs> turtle superhero. Great. I know Jill had one more question about that and then we are going to take a break for a moment. So hang on. How do you grade a fish course? Like how is that how does that work? Or how do you grade a field? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, but it's graded in the exact same way that any other class that I teach is. In the course of uh, the term, students complete a number of assignments. So they have a weekly discussion board that they participate in. Uh, they have a, a sort of a reflective reading response, which are essays that they write interpreting the reading that we've done for the week. Mm-hmm. And then the artist interview project, which is their final assignment for the course. And it's uh, that basically they get points for demonstrating their ability to ask questions that are reflective about the content for explaining their own ideas and applying them to the specific case study of the band. Wow. If they can't go to the field trip, that does that affect their grade or no, because it's no, like that's a an extra point, so, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so students who are enrolled in the lab credit, a requirement for participation is attendance to the field trip. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, if a student takes the class and then doesn't go on the field trip, they would um, not pass the class. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't pass fish either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but otherwise, because one of the requirements is that they um, at least webcast three or attend three, which that would, and that works with it being an online course, because if they happen to be, you know, say, you know, close to one of the shows this summer. Fantastic. If not, then they can webcast it and that works as well. Correct. Right. So, so students who are just enrolled in philosophy 360 can meet the concert requirement in person or online. Uh, but students who are enrolled in the field trip class will meet that concert requirement physically in person by attending three nights of the gorge. Great. Great. Ah. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Well, we are going to take a break and we'll be right back. I'm moving through this life and I'm thinking about the next. And hoping when I get there, I'll be better dressed. All right. Well, we are back, and um, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing uh, with us your uh, adventure and your uh, project that you're working on. Um, Thank you, and I feel like I should tell everybody to read the book. uh, Yes, (laughs) because when it comes down to it, that's what they all should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Where can they find this book? (laughs) Is it a Barnes & Noble or Barnes & Noble? Um, (laughs) So, um, Denise, you also, you're connected in with all this, and you've got some really interesting research going on as uh, as well. So tell us about your research, please. 
Okay. So as Stephanie said before, in order to exist in the world of academia and to try and get a job, you have to, the thing that you have to do is actually research. You have to continue to present your research, partake in any sort of research, something that's going to better your discipline, your area of study. So I decided that through the work that I'm doing at the as a student and also as a professor, that I was really interested in the fan community around fish. And more particularly, I was looking at the female fan community. So it started with Fish Chicks, which you had Bethany Barker on your yeah. show, who was amazing. And I love that first episode. Mm -hmm. And I decided that what was happening in that community, which was growing, and I hope that I'm sure almost everyone on this podcast has is a member of Fish Chicks in some way, hopefully all the females. I was just looking at what was happening within the community and the communication, the way that everybody spoke to each other, the way that they were talking about the band, which felt very different to me than communities that were not just strictly female. And I wanted to look further into it and see what makes that so interesting and important. Why do we have to look at this community as a way to look at why, at how communication could be effective? Because right now what's happening in the world is that we see communication is not always working out so well. So why within this group of awesome ladies is there, is a communication so special? Because they're women. So, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely women. And it's the combination of women who are fans of music, some music in particular. We look at Fish because there is so much, such a rich history of people and how they got into it and why they still love it and what it, how it affects their everyday lives. So the research is sort of what it's called is ethnographic research, which is basically the study of culture. Why do we study culture in order? It used to be anthropology. Why do you want to look at a culture and see what's happening within that culture? Because it could help us understand more about humans is really what the answer is. So in order to do ethnographic research, you're supposed to really submerge yourself within the culture and you become the subject of the study as well. So it's really my experience looking at this fan community. And um, I am relating my research to another, it, as Stephanie was talking about interdisciplinary, it's because there are so many fields of research and now the overlapping of these fields is very important. And there's a new-ish sort of study called fandom studies, which is really just looking at the at groups of fans and why that's important. Because years and years ago, fans were, comes from the term fanatic. And fans were really thought of as dangerous people who were not real. Nothing they had to say was important. And is this, they were sometimes dangerous. With fandom, is this fans of just music or fans? Are, no is there pH, an overall? No ha -ha. Yeah, but it's like fans overall, of like, anything. Like comic fans books of anything. or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And actually, one of the first areas they were looking at was Star Trek fans. Oh, sure. So mm -hmm. well, I was going to say Beatles fans, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the idea is that while we would look at fans as just people that were obsessed with anything that could be you know, could be a fan of, in more recent years, we started to realize that they had that there was something happening that they were actually generating something of their own. The fans, 
and that the conversations that were happening between fans were important conversations, almost like academic conversations. People were able to take what was going on in their own minds and their own lives and add it to how somebody else was affected by this fandom. Mm -hmm. So it's what's happened is that more and more scholars have started to look at the communities that surround different things. So I decided that the female fan community of fish is something that I that I myself wanted to look at because I was really just inspired by the camaraderie that was felt within a community and how supportive it was. Because even when they're not talking about the band, they're actually having these conversations where they're relying on each other for feedback and for advice on their major, individual lives. Major situations in lives too, you know, and, and there's, yeah. you know, I mean, every once in a great while there's, you know, um, something judgy that happens or there's miscommunication or there's a little bit of whatever. But for the most part, it really is a judge-free zone. There isn't too much, you know, going on to me that I've noticed anyway, besides my dreaded ocelot paw, <laughs> which I talked about before. But like, um, but for the most part, it was, you know, it's it really is fairly drama free, which now there's 10,000 women in it. And it's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. It's grown so much. And it's only been a little over a year that this community has been around. Mm -hmm. So it is amazing how much it's grown. And also just the idea that online communities like this have formed help us to realize that whether or not you're physically surrounded by people that are like-minded, that there is a place to seek comfort with other people. Mm-hmm. And you just to, by turning on a computer and you're you're able to connect and that makes people feel more validated in their lives to know that there are people like them, even if they don't see them face to face. And that's what's so wonderful about this community. And I also want to say that I don't want to say that men and women are very different in the way that they experience the band because we all love fish for our reasons. Sure. And, you know, we're one in that way. Sure. But I just... I do feel like there is a different type of conversation happening when women talk about the band than when there are men in there. And we do know that sometimes we lose our voice when it's overpowered by somebody that's a little bit different. And um, within the, just the female fish community, there is a very, there's, we feel uninhibited and free to talk the way that we speak to each other. And I think that you talked about that also within on the first podcast and why I felt that even this female centric podcast is just a voice. There's this particular voice of the female fish fan that is a little bit different. Not that men wouldn't like it as well. I think that some of them really do like it, but there's definitely a difference. Well, and so I, so I'm, I was talking to RJB last night as, um, cause I'm lucky enough. I'll be on, uh, helping friendly podcast, which is a male uh, hosted fish podcast and him and I were talking about that how you know when it comes down to it like you know the women men will both talk when it will get down to it, it'll become an emotional piece this music will be because this is a lot of us have grown up on it or and even if you haven't it doesn't matter like whatever your passion is as far as this part is concerned and what he was saying that is like you know they'll talk about and they'll break it apart and this and that but and it might take longer but the end result is sort of the same where women kind of just get to the emotional piece. Analytical versus it. emotional. It's the emotional yeah. piece. It's the yeah. emotional piece. And it's it's the way, it doesn't mean that no men are emotional or that all women are emotional. Exactly, yep. 
mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there is an emotional aspect to it that goes beyond just the technicalities mm-hmm. because it's how we feel and how it's really how it makes us feel. Well, and, and I we feel- want a- I feel like, you know, sometimes too with like, the, you know, the, I belong to a couple of smaller, more intimate uh, male and female groups. And then there's like the really, really big ones, you know, the, the fish 2014 or addicted to fish those. And I, I just, I personally, I don't get the trolling thing. It's not anything that I've ever, I just, I don't know. I, I also too, I think I get, I'm a little naive in that manner. So I might get tricked easy as far as that stuff is concerned, but I'm Maybe. like, I don't understand like what the point is and I feel like with the fish chicks and and in just that community in particular um is but and then a couple of the smaller groups I belong to there's more Wait, on. You accountability don't, you don't understand the trolling fish is the, <laughs> the greatest trolls that I ever know. lived well, and... they can do it but not random joe that I don't know that well, random joe why are they being weirdos I don't know <laughs> is, um... yeah I don't know. So anyway, so sorry, Denise, you were just at a conference. Uh, uh, can you tell us about that? And what did you talk about there with your presentation? So I was invited to a small conference in Vermont, which was just a jam band conference. It wasn't Hold on, yeah, I have to stop fish. you there. What, yeah, go into a little more detail on jam band com- conferences. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does that entail? Did they talk about the dead? Did they talk no, about, no, like, yeah, who's yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. is it third tier jam bands or, no? Uh, I know. I mean, it was mostly, I would say, Fish. I think that it was because um, it was the Vermont scene. So there were some people. It was very, very small, but they were talking about. They had a group of people that were within the just the Vermont scene, and they were talking about what they see happening with music in Vermont. So the conference was in Burlington, Vermont, and it was a small conference, but it was basically people within the jam band community. And it really does overlap with the fish community, especially if we say if we're, it's in Burlington, where we know that everybody loves fish there. So all different the, professions. There, there, was diff- there were different types of people there. There were some journalists, photographers, Tara Lee Weathers was there and she presented her book. I know she was on, has she been on your podcast yet? No, but I want her to be. I want her to be. I'm really interested in her book for sure. She wrote such a great book about a self-help book for people that love music, which was really beautiful. And she spoke and there was uh, myself and one other academic who were, and he was talking more about the Grateful Dead actually. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about the, the fish community. So it was such a wide variety of people really talking about, which really showed why this community, Jam Band Fish, just the people within it are so like-minded. And how do we foster this community to be something even bigger than it is? Why are we talking like this? Why do we want to exchange information about how we started listening to music? There was one whole part where all these different people were talking about how they really got into music, how they got into listening to jam music as a whole. Most of it was around fish, but it's just like how we talk about here. How did you get into it? What made you be a part of this community and why are you still a part of it? So I presented a paper called uh, family ethos an exploratory analysis of communication and community building on the social media site, fish chicks. Mm-hmm. And I presented just what my studies basically entailed were looking at posts, some of the posts and the exchanges that were going on on the site and just analyzing the language, analyzing how people speak to each other, 
what what exactly that means. It's sort of like a deep reading if you're a literature person and you really want to you look at uh, the words that the people use and why it's important, the way that they're speaking to each other. Um, I broke it down basically into these ideas of what's happening is that there's things that are shared there and they share their feelings. They share their identity. They're collectively as a group interpreting not only music, but they're actually interpreting the world around them as well together as like-minded people. And what's so interesting about looking at fish as a, as something to focus that love on is it's been around, fish has been around for so long. So it's almost like a living, breathing, changing thing that everybody talks about in terms of you know, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Things have changed so much and people identify changes in their lives along with the changes in fish. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even more interesting to be part of this community. That it really is make it, makes it more and more of a community. If you think about what is a community anyway, what does that mean? We're all growing up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now yeah. it's become part the band of us grew and, up. The band yeah. evolved, got better and yeah. sort of their fans. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and their fans too, as well. So it's what they're, they're reflecting off of us as well. They know who we are and they're making their changes to do things for us, to keep things exciting, <laughs> to make their fans happy. So it's definitely They'll never make their fans happy. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They know it makes them happy when we're happy. So. Right. I know. Is so, it like uh, there was an interview out there of Tracy and like how persnickety. we're persnickety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, for example, just the Halloween thing. Halloween sells out every year, every year. Now there's Halloween tickets and people are bitching that there's Halloween tickets left. Like, seriously, guys. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only really complaining because it's not in Boston. Come on. Vegas is cool. <laughs> Vegas is cool and everything, but come on, whatever. We got like I the Tappan Zee Bridge. Come on, we got some. Yeah. <laughs> come see the Tappan Zee. <laughs> come see the. It would Tobin. make my life a lot easier if right? it was in uh, <laughs> exactly. Boston, <laughs> East Coast. So, um, so can you, Denise, tell us what you're going to be doing, um, with this project at the Gorge? Sure. So it works out really well because the Gorge is such a special place to see to yes. see fish. And I've been there once and it was back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. What was the first time they played there? It was 96, right? Or 97. I want to say 97. 97. Sure. I was there 97, eight and nine. I, I think know. that we decided that we were there at the same time, Yeah, but I haven't yeah. been there since then. And just, just the location of it. And the fact that almost everybody is camping there it makes it turn into a little com- you know little community for 3 days mm-hmm. 3 nights and or even longer so because i've been looking at this just virtually looking at the communication that's happening virtually i want to take it a step further and i want to meet the fish chicks and actually conduct some interviews one on one to see how really the being part of the fish chicks community has changed the lives of these women or not even just, I mean, just being part of the female fish community in general, particularly fish chicks, but has it changed people's lives personally? Has it changed their lives professionally? How have they seen their identities changing because of being able to be part of a group that is so spread out, but still, I mean, the main, the main idea of this group is that we are able to live our everyday lives, but strip away that identity 
in order to be part of another group. And that's what makes us tick is that that's really the most important part. We have other things going on in our lives. We're all everyday people, contributors to society, families. But when we get to strip away our identity, it helps us live the rest of our lives. So I want to talk to these women there one-on-one. I want to meet them and see what they're like. And um, I definitely want anyone who's interested, who's going to the gorge and would love to be interviewed, definitely to reach out to me. I could, I guess I could give my email now. Please do. Or yeah, yeah. Please do. And your cell phone so number. It's, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'll give you everything. It's uh, denisegold at gmail.com. It's very simple. And I'll, hopefully it'll be on these notes, but I would love to hear from anyone who wants to be interviewed because it's an ongoing project and I'm not exactly sure where it's going to end or what it's going to end with. But I'm hoping that it's going to make an impact in just studying how well, how good communication between people could help foster individual growth. Well, yeah. And, and I was going to say is that um, if you want me to connect with any or like you and I like kind of chatted about my experience in the White Sands Dunes for the kickoff of uh, Sophia Calisto's book, um, photography book. But I mean, if you wanted to connect with any of those women or talk a little bit further about that, I mean, as far as like the research part is concerned, because that was I mean, this is exactly what you were talking about, you know, is from the moment that. Melissa Gould picked me up from the airport. We went right away. We, you know, just sat down to to get grab some food, and then, you know, a few minutes later, this woman Gina popped up, and she knew exactly. It's not even like we were like funked out and in fish t-shirts and sparkles. It's just she just knew. And real recognize real, don't you? Right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, and then Michelle just popped up out of where, and it was just within twenty four hours. You know, we just became this tribe that we're still connecting and we're still on that and and um and what you were saying is stripping away your identity that's what happened to us like she did that it she was like this is my vision of sand and and here we are let's be in the desert and and be you know I, I keep, I'm like I'm a fish supermodel now you know <laughs> like but that's, <laughs> but that's what happened and all of us are in you know our late 30s uh, to early 50s so you know to to be able to like be comfortable in our bodies and to be where we're at and to be together as you know and create this this bond with us over when it comes down to it this music and and really so I'm so for me, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm volunteering my girls because I'm sure that they would love to speak to you as well. But I mean, if you wanted that intimacy, I'm sure there's going to be people at the gorge as well, or a connection after, you know, in between that, because you know, it's- yeah, I would love to. That would be that would be great. I thought that I think that project I saw it online on all the pictures, and they were just so beautiful, and I could see how what how special it was that she was able to do that to bring together these women for this amazing weekend in the desert. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. For we'll, just the sole purpose of because they love fish. Right. They wanna they wanna make beautiful pictures that show how much they love fish. So I have a question for you, Denise. You sure. mentioned at the conference that there was somebody there, and I'm not sure what his profession was, but he was more grateful dead versus fish. Have you found any like the differences between Grateful Dead fans and fish fans, I will say, because there's a lot of dead fans that hate fish, even though the community is kind of the same. Like what makes dead fans different than fish fans? Well, as far as this, this particular guy, he overlapped. And I do find that a lot of oh, yeah, for studies sure. of Grateful Dead and fish do overlap because there, there is a natural overlap. And there are a lot of dead fans that don't like fish within this conference. I did not experience that. It was really an overlap, especially because 
of the nature of the venue in Burlington. These were fish fans. I have another but, question. Sure. Do you feel like it's because of like fish lyrics might be more philosophical than say Grateful Dead lyrics? Like Robert Hunter and wrote things very differently than Tom did. Do you think that that might play a part in why some dead fans can't get on the fish thing where there might be overlapping with other fans? Do you think that? I don't know if I think that, I mean, maybe Stephanie can speak to, about this a little bit more because I'm not, a big Grateful Dead fan, but I don't think that the, it's, I don't think, I think that the lyrics of the dead are also very philosophical, but I think it was the, it was um, a response to that time that it's changed now with fish. It's more of a response. It's a, a response to, I mean, all music I think is a response to environment, to right. what we're experiencing. So it's definitely a little bit different in that way, but we, I think that most fish fans would agree that, the idea of the structure of a fish concert or the way that fish tours it comes from Grateful Dead as well. Well, and I feel like now, I feel like as the years go on, it's less and less. I, I, I very rarely that I'm bumping into people that are like, you know, shaking their fist at, you know, deadheads are shaking, you know. I agree. I agree. I don't see it really as much well, anymore. Yeah, since because... Trey, you know, came on G50 and showed them all well, where that, to go. That, <laughs> there was a moment, Jason and I always said, there was a moment during uh, the Music Never Stops, which I could, I could literally tell you the exact second where we were just like, oh, Trey just broke the Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I might get in trouble for saying that, but it really was a moment that that happened. <laughs> and then it just blew out the horse of thing. But yeah, it's just everybody all around was just like, oh, <gasps> you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're on the floor for that one. That was amazing. But yeah, I just want to jump in and say that there is a book that's a volume of essays about the Grateful Dead and philosophy. It's just called The Grateful Dead and Philosophy uh, that has a number of essays that explore some of these questions. Um, so if anybody wants to learn more, that would be a great place to look. Is that a, a book that was written quite a while ago or is it? Oh, geez. When did it come out? Um, I'm not entirely sure. It's relatively recent. Mm -hmm. Grateful Dead and um, Philosophy is the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's a, There's a, a publisher called Open Court that does a series of philosophy and popular culture edited volumes. And um, they have, uh, a number of bands that they focused on, The Grateful Dead is one of them. Mm, mm -hmm. There is not currently a philosophy in fish volume. Right, at Dr. Well, Jenkins. We, we are trying to put together. Jenkins. Right. <laughs> exactly. We're, we are trying to put together a. We're hoping this conference, this communications conference, could be a place for us to launch that. But all of uh, these the academics that we're in the group with, we would also like to put together a book of of essays, of articles, of each of us and how we're looking at fish through our individual disciplines. But we're hoping to, to do that. That's definitely a big goal of ours. And you will do Put it. On the map. I know you will. Yeah, yeah, you will. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so uh, as we wrap up this interview and we roll into, um, you know, like as it's like practicing what we preach here with our, our everyone's favorite fish game show, Market Price. <laughs> 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 um, the, the give us your last like plugs, whatever you guys want want to share with community and how we can reach out or or, or I really hope you guys you like guys. tweet from this field trip. Oh well, the, well, and Kelly's be gonna be doing. I can't wait to see this. But I mean, this in is... real time. Like... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. well, that, that, that's, that's an idea that I hadn't really considered. So thank you. I will um, suggest that the students, or maybe like a uh, Facebook page a where all the students could post like things, like even okay. or something, and then 
Shit. Yeah. Uh, so, so the concern is that there's um, there are FERPA laws that protect the privacy of oh, students yeah. in higher education. So yeah. so I can't require that they do this, but if no, they want but... to, yeah, they can. Uh, it's a great idea, and because one of the things that is so exciting about this, when I well, I mean, when I teach the class every summer, is I get to see my favorite band through the eyes of students that are new to it. And that's what I really, I just got goosebumps. That's what I'm interested in. So cool. It's like bringing bringing your kids, you know, like I bring my kids to shows and I just love what, you know, or anybody that did their first show, you know, is just, yeah, sorry, go ahead. They're (laughs) 18, not infants, Dawn. Well, yeah. Fantastic suggestion. And I will uh, explore how I can incorporate that. Maybe they should go through an edit to you first <laughs> you never know what's gonna go on <laughs> yeah also a good point <laughs> <laughs> exactly don't tag me send it to my email then you know we'll get somebody else like that's good at that class to do your work yeah like, submit it to karen and she'll post it karen <laughs> dr jenkins is busy yes <laughs> <laughs> um so so sorry so to, to wrap so uh last minute like plugs like i said if there's um if both of you had mentioned them throughout the a couple of um information sites for us to go to throughout the interview tonight so yes definitely. for sure i would mm-hmm. love i hope that i get a lot of people that would that are interested in being interviewed and think they have something great to say to add to the research that i'm trying to do so i hope that denise gold at gmail.com and i would want to see everyone at the gorge i hope that all, everyone that's listening that's going to be at the gorge will come find us because it's going to be a great experience right all right now i wish it was like magical female-centric funding i have a scar in my, on my <laughs> leg from the gorge from a million years ago but i've been there oh, since yeah then. that happened <laughs> i was jumping and that's the idea is to set, well, i want we want people to the the research to seem important enough that they're going to give us money and fund our yeah. research to go and to see fish and understand that it is important so yeah Definitely. Need definitely. the funding. Funding, and of course. <laughs> Dr. Stephanie, what do you have for us? <laughs> so uh, registration is open. If you're at all interested in taking the class, please get in touch with me. Or if you know anyone who might, let them know. Uh, the class is open to anybody. So you don't have to be a current OSU student. I have helped students from other universities that have taken my class transfer the credit. So that's a, that's a possibility. If you'd like to learn about the class or anything else, you can visit the website, philosophyschoolwithfish.com, or you can email me directly at stephaniejenkins.oregonstate.edu. Uh, stephanie. And I guess the last thing I just want to say is thank you, uh, both to you, but also the fish community for making this work possible. I'm a better teacher and scholar uh, because of all of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And if you see some kid who says it's his first show and he's there for his college course, leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Aww. he's doing research. <laughs> Take care of him, please. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Be kind to my students, right? Please. Right, exactly. All right, well, we will be right back with uh, Market Price. Hello, and welcome to everyone's favorite fish game show, Market Price. Woo! Or- we're going to guess the date of the one-minute segment. The closest without going over wins the point. I hope you've all been listening to your I hope I get to fish. the showcase. Oh, down. Right. Where you might win a sticker or nothing or a warm beer or, or something. Or a whole I house full of shit. Female-centric jewels. You never know. I'm going to make them. So 
I don't want jewels. I want real okay, things. Okay, we have uh, we have Jill <laughs> going first. Are we ready? Ready. Okay. Well, we all get to guess, but Jill gets. To oh guess yeah, first. everyone gets a guess, but. Got it. I don't hear that. I can hear it. I hear that nice walls of the cave right in the middle of it. Ooh, classic. I think it's new. It's my turn. No, it's all of our turns. We can talk about it all. Uh, You just get to guess first. Oh, okay. I don't know when this was written. Guess you're not a real thing. (laughs) I have my guess. It's a two point nine song, right? That was released? Yeah, I'm not I don't remember. Yeah. Trying to figure out when this is that reason. One minute's always a tease. 12.30, 2016. Hmm. 12.30, 16. Okay, Stephanie, you're up next. I'm going to go. You said, I, I actually didn't hear the date. I said oh. 12.30, 2016. 12.30. Oh, I was going to go with June um, 2016. With June what? Whatever, that's good. No, it has no, it's a not. Date. No, it's not. No, yeah, we need a date. Okay, all right, give him a date. Um, okay, someone else picks June. Let's go with uh, the fifth. Okay. Yeah, entirely. All right, Denise, what do you think? I'm glad we're all on the same page because I was gonna say July of that. Oh, actually, I'm gonna do July. I'm gonna do July 19th, 2017. July 19th, 2017. Donnie, clean well, it up for me. What well, I was saying why it makes a difference because I was going to say July 15th, 2016. I know I'm putting myself in a tight spot here, but, you know, that's July what I was saying. July 15th, yeah. 2016? Yeah. Well, those are all... The... Have you guys seen Prices Right before? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, first of all, there's no points. It was 10 26, 2010, Manchester, uh, New Hampshire. No, I should have got oh, my very first oh, show. It's your first show. I know. I, you know, I stuck to my gut, though. I stuck to my gut. That's what it was. Right? Oh, from because we went over. Got you, it. You, Way over. All I was going to say 2000, Vegas, 2014. All three of you ladies guessed within about a 13 month period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all followers. We're right. Female. They're wrong. Okay. Next no song. Points. All right. Stephanie, you're up first. <laughs> okay. For song two. Yes. Yep. Is this 1.0? No. I think it's inside. There's definitely some crowd going on. I was, I'm thinking I'm listening to the recording to see. Is it a better recording? That would be cheating. <laughs> this is the song I don't need to hear live anymore, right? <laughs> it's gotten better through the years, I feel like. This is early. Early. 
Stephanie, you're up. Uh, let's go with August 2014. Throw out a number for shits and giggles. The first. All right. The first. Just in case everyone decides to pick August. Uh, okay. Denise, what do you think? I was going to go earlier than that. Um, let's say okay, 2009. So let's say... Um, June 9th, 2009. 6909. I like those numbers. All right, Donnie, <laughs> yeah. what do you got? Well, I have to say, I saw the first one ever played at Halloween 2013. Sorry, Denise. <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> but you never know. You still might win this because if. If we yeah. go over, if everyone else goes over, right? that's a good yeah. guess. Exactly. Playing my game right. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to say June 25th, 2013. All right, Jill. What do you think? 1031, 2013. 1031, 13. Oh, the you think it was that actual night? retail date is 7 15 16. Oh. Did Stephanie, Stephanie get it? for the win. Uh, I Okay. Well, she guessed good there too, huh? Northerly August. Island, Chicago, Illinois. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. All right, the first point of the day. Yes, that was part of the whole um, the uh, wingsuit thing at Halloween. Yeah, that was a fuego. 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 Um, also, so you can guess on the recordings, like the quality. Some are soundboard, some are fan recordings. So try yeah. all you want. You ain't, I mean. Can't help you. He's thought about this. <laughs> okay. All right, Denise, you're up next. Oh, I Here just discovered I can turn the volume up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Turn it up. There you go. Close to 11. I'm going to say May 16th. 516.95. Okay, Donnie. I'm going to go August uh, uh, 11th. Ooh. No, uh, 19. Drink while you think. D7. Uh, drink while I think. Your birthday, 97. Mm. Okay. Jill. I'm going to say 9 2011. And Stephanie, to round it out, we got a couple of. Oh, geez! So it sounds like 
relatively new fish to me. And I was going to say July uh, 1st, 2011, but that uh, it's, a, it's I, I think I'm going to have to change it right. because of the last answer. So let's go with uh, June 1st, 2012. $1 over. I love it. That's why I beat Christy last time. It was terrible. <laughs> the actual play date is November 7th, 1996. Wow. Denise oh. with the victory at the Yay! Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Exciting. Everyone, well, you had, two 90, you had a 97 and a 96. Was it an indoor That's show? What was the date again? Yeah, it's an arena. Rupp Arena, Lexington, Kentucky, 1996. And about a uh, month, I'm sorry. It's an arena. An arena. 1996. Oh, so November, oh, sorry, Kentucky. Sorry, sorry. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It was in Kentucky. Ah, they, don't have, ah, what? they don't let people play outside in Kentucky. Um, <laughs> only horses. <laughs> yeah, only horses. Uh, so, yeah, so far we got Stephanie and Denise with one point. Very good. Donnie, you're up next. Woohoo. That's a tough one. It so, is. Um, May 11, 2011. Why? Um, well, it was, uh, there was, there was a lot of playfulness involved with that. Uh, and I feel like it was, people were pretty excited. Uh, to me, it was a, like a, um, like a Great Woods kind of, or like an MMP, not Great Woods, but it was like that where you have like the amphitheater. Thank you. Thank you. Amphitheater. Cause you can almost hear the crowd bouncing off the back there. The playfulness, though, is kind of what got me on that one. Like, they're not going to do that super early, and they haven't been doing that oh, type okay. of Okay, I got the guess. Jill, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say 6-8-2013. Why? Because it sounds like that one show we were at together. Oh, I like that. Where answer. I like the possum. Perfect. <laughs> that, that one time. <laughs> Stephanie, what do you think? Um, everybody's going later, so I'm going to do something and let's go with July 15th, 2003. Mm, I like it. Any, uh, any particular reason? Um, I would, I would have liked to have heard a little bit longer. There's something about Trey's tone that makes me think it's, a, it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. as early as I initially thought it was, but it also doesn't sound like mid nineties. So I'm just throwing out there 2003. I know I, I broke this down like some serious way and I'm probably going to be wrong. And Denise? <laughs> I'm going to say March 7th, 2009. 
3709. Um, I'm the host of this show, so I can pull rank anytime I want. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, you're only six days over, so I'm going to give you the point because oh! it was July 7th, wow. 2003. I, I can concur. I concur. Wait, what was it? It was July was it? 7th. 2003 Seven. in the Cricket huh. Pavilion, Phoenix, Arizona. So yeah, I'm giving you a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that. You what get. What are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's cool. Don't tell anyone I give out points. Because you're related. Easy. This is rigged. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right, next song. Here we go. Jilly, you're up first. They, they, those it's people. It's gonna be hard to tell to a, to a megaphone. Maybe not though. No, the the fact that there is a megaphone yep. is a thing. The people are singing along. Really? What May, do you think about that? I think May 1st, 1995. Why? I don't know. It sounds older. I didn't think it was... I was going to go with 93, but I don't think it was that. So, yeah. Okay. Stephanie, any ideas? Let's go with July 1st, 98. 7 one, 98. Okay, Denise, what do you think? I was going to say April 9, 93. Any particular reason? Well, I was thinking 93, and I just picked April 9th because it's my son's birthday. <laughs> Good enough for me. What, Donnie. Are the, what are the dates so far? Sorry. Oh, check the scoreboard, she says. I'm checking have, the scoreboard. Uh, May 1st, 95, 7 1st, 98, 4 9, 93. 93, 95, 98. Um, oh, it's tricky. All right, I'm going to go uh, uh, January 1st, 1999. January 1st? Party. I, nobody, I know they didn't plan January 1st, but whatever. You guys are all really close. It was July 27th, 2014. Merryweather <laughs> Merry <laughs> Post oh, Pavilion. Uh, yeah, Donnie yeah, gets the point. Woo! I had a feeling. A circle gets the square. I almost switched it to 2000 to that to 2014, and I was like, I'm gonna stick with 93. I mean, you bid like 50 cents for a bicycle, but you still got the point. Right? We got it you know, by 15 years, but you you got one. It's fine, I did it. I did it. That doesn't matter. I, that doesn't I matter. suck at this game so bad. It's hard. <laughs> it is very hard. Is. The only reason I think I'm good at it is because I already know the songs. <laughs> you were good at it before that though baby I yeah, feel, it's yeah. a 50 50 guess back then well yeah all right all right here we go stephanie you're up first song number six okay. uh -oh. it always makes me happy when fish plays that one <laughs> yep. okay. 
Matt. from the top. Uh, Stephanie, any ideas? Um, August 1st, 2003. August 1st, mm. oh, 03. I like your attitude. I do. I do like your moves on that. It's inclusive of the It Festival. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Denise. I'm going to say October 15, 2011. 10-1-5-1-1. Okay, John? Um, I'm going to say uh, June 1st, 2000. 7-1-2000. Why do you think that? 6-1. 6 one, 2000 Well, they like to... Uh, that didn't sound like any of the guys. And they like to have a uh, guest, I feel like, in 2.0. Oh, and it was also a little messy. I don't know. But my analysis apparently sucks, so... But that's what I think. Yes. Jill? Jill? 7-1-2011. Um... Zero points. It was July 26, 1998, Dallas, Texas. At, uh, the Starplex Amphitheater. Was, I believe it, it closed the second set. Mm. They blew the roof off the place. Zero points. I'm kind of disappointed in everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. Damn it, Bob Barker. Okay, Lucky on to song sexy. number seven. Stephanie, you're up first. How many songs do we do? We do nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thoughts? Okay, I'm gonna say September twelfth, uh, twenty twelve. Why? I'm I'm taking guesses here. It's a good day. Love it, Donnie. What do you think? I I think it was the SPAC show, and I'm gonna say seven three twelve. Seven three twelve, Jill. I'm gonna say ten one ninety five. Because my other guess was twelve eleven ninety five, which 10, I know is ridiculous. Ninety five. Why? Um. Why? Any any particular reason? Um. I picked the year because of the sound, and then I have to pick a date. So I just. So you just threw out a couple of numbers after that. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. That's how you play. That's how I do life. Stephanie. That was. 10, 10 195 was the guess? Yes. Yes. Yes, the last guess was not. Yes. Year yes. Was 95. The last guess was 10195. Okay. okay. So so I know they haven't played this song in a while, and everybody's guesses were fairly 
late fish. So I'm just going to like throw out there the one January 1st, 90. <laughs> I like it. One, one ninety. The first one to actually successfully pull off a real $1 bet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, unfortunately, Jill takes the point. It was the same exact show from the one before. It was actually the next show that night, or the next song oh, wow. that night. Seven twenty six ninety eight, Dallas, Texas, starting uh, Plank's Amphitheater. Uh, yeah, you know, I was getting a little, getting a little crazy. <laughs> a little frisky today. But um, yeah, it makes me wish I was at the show to tell you the truth. Some good stuff. So what are the points? Oh, for the boy. So uh, Stephanie has two points. Denise has one point. Donnie has one point, And Jill has one point. And oh. we have two songs left. So this oh, game's wide open. Right. Two point now. You don't think so? Why? Trey's a little sloppy. <laughs> so is a fishman, though. Yeah, or, I don't know. They're offbeat. Not feeling each other. It sounds a little off-key. Right? Yeah, they're not feeling each other. <laughs> I was going to say, I actually think that they sound... Mine says it sounds perfectly... <laughs> Okay, so apparently they were a little off that night. The band wasn't feeling each other. Do you know what night it was? I want to say Coventry. I know that's bold. Bold. But uh, I'm so eff it. I'm going to say August 1st, 2004. Live on the edge, Tom. You know? 8 1 odd 4. It's a good day. Um, Jill, what do you think? I'm going to say it is 12 30, 2017. What? 12 30, 17. Crazy dog. Crazy dog. Oh my god. Okay, Coventry. 12 30. Like just this past year? We have the day before (laughs) New Year's versus Coventry (laughs) in the ring. Oh man, it's wide open. Stephanie, what do you think? I love you too. I love you too. Let's go with July first, two thousand and four. No, three. Let's do three. Seven one oh three. Any uh just just throwing it out there? Any any reason? Just give um, me a number. Because I think it's earlier than Coventry, but it did seem a little bit because she's playing to win, Jason. So yeah, and so I'm, but I'm also gonna give myself a little bit of the dollar bet. So (laughs) yeah, some space there. It's entirely random. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. It sounds messy, so (laughs) let's go. (laughs) I got faith in you. I was close. I was close. I was thinking this. I can't change it now, but I was gonna say twelve twenty-eight or three. It's too close to Stephanie, but I can't. I can't think on my feet to change it right now. Twelve twenty-eight oh three. <clears throat> Pains me to say this, but Donnie gets the point. Woo! <laughs> but 
It was July 6th, 2016, God Portland, Maine. Oh, wow. Portland Civic Center. No I was there. It was one of the greatest yeah. shows I've ever it been to. It was so we're good. All together. Yeah, it was so good. I think I was standing in between you two ladies. You were. <laughs> right after oh, we man. tried, they tried to kick us out of the back row of the building. Yeah, we that were didn't very work. happy that night, so, you know. We're happy every night, Donnie. Yes, we are. We um, are. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Can't know what even. to say, Johnny. Right. You get the point. Um, but Jilly, you get anything. the guest on the very last one. And oh my goodness, hold on. Let me tell these up. Donnie with two, Stephanie what? with two. I just Denise got two. With one. I have three. Donnie, no, you don't. No, did I just get the last one? No, no, no. You, want, you don't have to be so competitive. <laughs> oh no, we all had one. We all had one except we Stephanie. All had, so okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, no, oh yeah, no. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, what? it's well, my dad's on. fault. I, I blame host. it on him. He's I'm a coach. Host. Let me rally this up here. Stephanie has two. <laughs> Denise has one. Donnie has two. Jill has one. So it could go crazy on this last song. Song number nine. Here we go. That's old Rod, right? You don't care about me. I don't care about that. What do you think it's old? changed my guess uh-oh shouldn't have said anything <laughs> no well as teachers you'll appreciate it it's my job to pick these clips <laughs> i'm gonna say <laughs> 9 15 1993 9 15 93 mm -hmm. any particular reason nope <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> 9 15 93 <laughs> What do you think? Um, June 1st, 90. 6190. What were you doing on June 1st, 1990? What was I doing? Were you at this show? <laughs> Definitely oh. not. <laughs> I, I would have been grounded if I was at I that show. I might have show. been at like a New Kids on the Block concert. <laughs> <laughs> You would have never been let out of the house again. Okay, Denise. Um, okay, I'm going to say July 15th, 2013. Whoa, July 15th, 13th? What does your dog think? Yeah, that's not my dog. What does her dog oh. think? <laughs> that's my dog. Um, she would like to go to a fish show. <laughs> Donnie? I'm going to pull the $1 move here. I was about to say 85, but F it. I'm going to go real early. I'm just going to say... Um, January 1st. What's Trey's birthday? 1983. I don't remember. What? I know. It's Mike Gordon's birthday today. Today it is. FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I don't remember when it's Trey's birthday. Oh, my God. Is he, is he in Sag? I think he's in November, isn't he? No. I'm wrong with Donnie. Him. I don't remember. Dang I'm it. not going to say it. What did you say? I said uh, January 1st, uh, 1983. 1-183? One, well, to me, that's the earliest because I don't know when they started. Anymore. Oh, my God. Stephanie wins this round. She Yay. wins the whole game. <laughs> she wins everything. Don't, wait, don't. The actual hold retail on, hold on, date. Hold on. What? Was it 8 5 2017? Four thirteen ninety two. Oh. Okay. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, not holder. Yeah. Now you so April thirteenth, nineteen ninety two. Stephanie wins it. Takes it home. Forget your eighty three business. Good. <laughs> ninety three. Jill ninety three was a good guess. It was too much. And yeah, no, it was nineteen ninety two. And Stephanie's a grand champion with three total points. Good job, Stephanie. We'd give you, nice We'd give you something, but we don't I have shit. I am making jewels. I told you somewhere. Oh, my. Jewels. Okay. Yes. Well, that's Back it. of jewels. For this week's uh, <laughs> version of Market Price. Thank you for tuning in. Um, have a safe week, a safe weekend. Hopefully, they'll play me off here in a minute. Um, that's Taking all. care that's of the that. children. Remember to have your... Pets and whoops, spade and neuter. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. And uh, that was a great game of females of, uh, of <laughs> Market Basket. What? Steph- <laughs> Steph- Market- Market- oh, my God. Start the whole thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, can you cut that out? <laughs> and if you're in the God. Northeast, shop at Demoulis right, Market Basket. Right? <laughs> Market price. That was awesome. Oh, Stephanie, congratulations on winning that. And and I do. I need, I keep promising people bags of jewels, so I have to figure my bags of jewels out. So I don't want a bag of jewels. I something. want something worth something. It's, it's worth everything. Female centric. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, and both of you, uh, Denise Goldman and Dr. Stephanie Jenkins, thank you so much for bringing the world of fish academia into. My life, I'm sure Jill's as well, and, and our listeners. Well, it's very refreshing to have um, a new light shed on fish and its fans and the community. It's d- brilliant. We're not a bunch of overprivileged drug addicts, after all. Exactly. <laughs> We've got a lot of stuff to do and a lot of things to say, and what you guys are doing is so important and amazing, and, and really, uh, I look forward to seeing what's um, going to be coming out of you from the Gorge and, and from your conferences and your your courses and everything so thank you so much for joining us thank you so much thank you this is so fun mm-hmm. all right great all right everybody well thank you so much for joining us in uh our last this episode seven and uh jillian thank you for co-hosting thanks for having me back yay i can't wait for you to be back again me either we got a lot of stuff to talk about so much stuff <laughs> <laughs> some amazing things going on out there in our community. So thank you so much, love. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just want to say thank you to Denise Goldman and uh, Stephanie Jenkins for being with us tonight and bringing this academia focus uh, fish fish academia um, into our lives and, and seeing what they're doing out there. So that's great. And also, if you want to connect with us, connect with us at femalecentrics at gmail.com or on Twitter uh, and like us on our Facebook page. So, yeah. Uh, what? Hang on. I don't know what you're saying. Oh, crap. Oh, crap, 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 crap. Yep, yep. I got you. 
So, so, so should I say, what did I say? The um, philosophy school of fish and con- what was her, I'm trying to think of, did she give me her, like, Yeah, their names are whatever dot edu. Or should I say the philosophy of fish is the where you can like sign up because that's where it is on our website. Uh, You'll find her information on the philosophy school of fish, and that's how you can get in contact with them, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Oh no 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 yeah yeah that's absolutely what's up. Okay great. So just tell me when. All right, and if you want to be part of you know, their projects as far as it also joining the classes. So philosophy school of fish.com is where you can check out, uh, the information on the course at offered by Stephanie Jenkins at the university of Oregon. And also you'd be able to connect with Denise in that way as well through that. Uh, so Anyway, so thank you all so much. Uh, connect with us on our social medias, and if you know if you like what we're doing, give us reviews because we'd love that as well. And yeah, that's it. Peace and love, kids. Osiris.